What's going on out there, everybody? Welcome to another Addicted Fishing Podcast. Uh, I think it's steelhead time. We've said that a couple times, but I've got two very proficient steelheaders in today to this podcast to discuss the extra 10%. The extra 10% that these guys do and uh, to catch more steel, I got Mr. Ryan McCollin, Riverside Guide Service. What's going on out there? And Jason Harmson. And I figured it was a cool one to bring Ryan in because, Ryan, you do a ton of like big water sledding. You don't do too much of the raft stuff, but there's a million things that you're doing. You know, I'll say it because it's the most popular spot. You know, Blue Creek, but other areas as well. Oh yeah, that you're that you got to put fish up, and mm-hmm. of course, Mr. Harmson from Steel Obsession. Yes, I gotta I gotta say that better. I say steel. I, mean, I think it's pretty session. solid. Yeah, I steel feel like you've session. definitely said it enough. Like that, <laughs> you've, you've solidified the way that you say my name. <laughs> I know. Did I miss something? <laughs> Not a thing. Well, yeah, I know. You'll, you'll hear. You'll hear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We got a couch in here and everything. Anyways, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no, we got hearts and you do you you do a ton of rafting, yeah, ton of guiding the smaller stuff. So I figured I'd drag these guys in here and talk. Like I said, the extra ten percent. What do you do? I mean, everything from you know like sizing down baits to settling out baits to um, we were talking a little bit before the podcast on like how you're hanging your jig, how you're right. hanging your worm, mm-hmm. worms. But uh, to put you guys on the spot, uh, give me one thing. Neither one of you guys can chime in, like, just to get this conversation going. Give me one thing that you think that you do. Now, keep in mind, addicts, like, you know, these guys are guides. They do, you know, they've got things and maneuvers and stuff that they do different than, we'll say, the general population. Put people on fish just when conditions are tough. Mm -hmm. But when we're talking, like, stuff, like, I mean, I always carry a stupid little um, Sally Hansen uh, sharpener in my oh yeah in my vest because like everyone's like locked a jig into a rock or had a client set a hook on a on a rock or something with a jig 100 percent and right <laughs> so like making sure don't make sure that hook that hook points sharp every time yeah it's, i'm assuming that's where you're going with that yeah because if you don't well then the one bite you get yeah you could gonna, miss it ain't gonna happen definitely mm-hmm. definitely don't get that uh good of a hook penetration with a a rounded out <laughs> no <hook> point <laughs> But what do we got? What do we got for like colors and like? I mean, just well, I feel ideas. like anything today. It's all about those details that guys aren't paying attention, and that's that's the difference. Because you know everyone's got a lot of knowledge these days, and and I feel like it's gotten tougher. Years ago, there was only a few guys that actually knew how to steelhead fish, right? And times have changed a lot now. So guys like us have been doing it for thirty years. We've had to step up our game, and definitely. Those little details are the game changer of catching one fish to ten a day. You know, yeah, it makes it's just a huge absolute difference. game changer. The little details that guys don't pay attention to. Mm-hmm. So, like, talk about so, like, it, it, to go on that. Like, so we'll just. I, I don't want to like pick on Blue Creek, but I'm going to just talk about Blue Creek because you talk about how the games has changed. I mean, five years ago, there wasn't a guy bobber dogging that stretch. Zero. Zero. Now, now it's everybody. Everyone's bothered. Like, there's a few guys out that are still side drifting, but they're kind of like parking your car in the middle of I-5. Like, right. come on, dude. Like, either get with the program or it's cool. Like, if you want to fish that way, move to other areas that you're not impeding on other people, you know. Right. Um, when in Rome, do as the Romans. But And now that everyone's bobber dogging, like, everyone's presentation is better. 
So everything's consistently drifting where the guy that didn't know how to adjust his lead and cut that lead down, it's, uh, that's kind of change, you know, the Dave tangle free weights and stuff like that have really right. like even that playing field, I feel like. So now it comes down to presentation and, and sizing down and hook size and line size, especially on high pressure fisheries like that, where it definitely matters when the water starts cleaning up. Like there's a reason why four boats out of a hundred are putting the show right. on every day. Like, yeah. absolutely. but everybody, everybody's bobber dogging. And from everything I read, if you just bobber dog, you just automatically catch steelhead. It's not the case. <laughs> yeah. Not the case, huh? One of the things that annoys me, and it's one thing I really pay attention to, and I'm sure you do too, I'm sure your stuff is so set perfectly for it, but the rate that your line can draw through the float when it's trying to get down at the start of a drift. Oh, that's like, so like crucial. talk a little bit about that if you can. So, you know, on these bigger systems, where your bobber's sliding anywhere from 10 to 20 feet to where it stops, like getting that lead down and fishing and not getting that big bow in your line is everything. Because once, if you're not getting your bobber to slide up your line, now you got a big bow and you're basically your whole drift isn't, you're constantly trying to adjust it and reel line or telling guys to pull the line to get mm -hmm. that presentation. And you kind of want, with bobber dogging to me and that deeper stuff, you want that 45 degree angle and you want that bobber tight to that lead. Yep. If it's not that, your presentation's off, and and uh, everyone has their own opinion. You know, I'm I'm a super big presentation guy. I'm not a big scent guy when it comes to steelhead. They're like I call it like a cat. They strike on reaction. Mm -hmm. They're not a a fish that like a salmon that's going to come up and look at it for a long time right. on those bigger systems. So presentation and getting that that bead or that jig to move just at the right speed is what sets them off mm -hmm. and one thing you know I, I was trying to bait him into this guys because i know one problem that you guys do have out there and i've experienced too is if you do have any of that like when you cast out the start of the run and your your bait's not getting down there and getting set quickly and then everything's kind of tightening up right you throw your gear out you got to give it slack you got to let it get to the bottom if it's taking you 30 40 yards to get to the bottom and start to get set what happens when a fish like grabs any of that gear? You don't like, even see it. it. You don't even see it. You, you don't, don't even know it's there. Yep. I've seen right. them jumping out of the water and guys aren't even tight on there. And it's like, well, if they if if they would have had their bobber slide down proper, that fish would have been tight and hooked. Instead, it just kind of cartwheels out of the water and you see this loose line flying in the air. What are some of the things that you tell guys to do to get that line to go through their bobber quicker? Uh, dump line, keep that rod tip up. We use pretty long rods on those bigger systems, yep. like 10 and a half footers. Like, mm -hmm. I swear if I could train my people to run 12 footers, it'd even be better on those bigger systems. Right. Really? Just because <laughs> you're getting that line to shoot down. Once it hits the water on fast water like that, now you got the drag of that, so it's not really getting down. So, um, a good long rod's good. And then I like a good stiff line because the softer lines just don't seem to slide through the bobbers as good. Right. Do you ever use a monofilament bumper? Uh, I used to years ago and it seems like the fluoro slides better because of the rigidity of it. Oh, okay. So there's also some sinking properties to fluoro. So do you think, so, right. so, so, so you're, you're to the point where it's fluoro over mono for the bumper. Yeah, like, and especially no with what. customers, because that, that, that softer line just will tangle, it'll wrap the bobber on them and stuff, and and I'm used to basically coaching and walking through four to five people a day. It's not like when you're right. in a raft or a drift boat where you're just focused on one or two people. Yeah. So it's a really big deal on those bigger systems to work together as a team and have the whole boat working together and not yeah. just the guide, mm -hmm. and he's the only one hooking, and you got four lines that aren't even fishing. Right. So, um, and then on those situations, you want to make sure everything's matching. You don't want 
one bumper to be two feet longer. You don't want one lead to be slightly different because right. everything has to be perfect when you're doing those longer drifts with multiple four or five rods in the water. Yeah. Or else you have guys bobbers passing each yeah, other crossing and each kind other of crossing. Oh yeah. And then you guys got guys lifting over each other and reel, reeling up in the key. I mean, let's be honest, the key is bobber dogging is if you're doing it right, you can cast out and drift 400 yards and you're fishing effectively the whole way. But if you're constantly having to reset that gear, mm -hmm. so having everything matched up makes a lot of sense just because like I said, you're not going to hopefully, you know, have five guys cast at the start. And have everybody run the same yeah all the way through the drift and then you're fishing 10 beads and a lot of times on the bigger systems that if a guy you know say he hangs up a little bit i don't tell my guys to set the hook on bobber dogging because then he just whips it and he's out of the slot and then yep. he's going to take out the three lodges below him so <laughs> i say just let it load up and once you feel it's a fish just reel down on it right um and a lot of times he's going to be out of line then so have him bring it all the way in and my big saying in my boat is above and beyond I want you above and beyond the guy. And I try to tell people like eight to 12 feet. So by the time their lead gets down, now they're back in with the groove and none of the boat stopped. And we're still fishing efficiently four to five lines all the time. And if you're trying to, if you're not setting the hook and you're letting that fish load itself and you got all that extra line out there, you know, going back to the whole being tight to the bobber. Cause I know, I know a couple of years ago, like we, you know, my, <laughs> me too, like we were going up there and we were getting like, where you see the bobber would kind of like tap and then chug down like you know it's a fish yeah but you never were just like tight enough to it to make sure that that hook got, got into them yeah right? because by the time you throw those two beads and they start drifting forward of the gear i mean by the time it even registers on the bobber those fish could be holding on to that thing for a long time a long time that, before yeah. you yeah. even have a clue that it was even on it yeah. and on those high pressure fisheries those fish are definitely weird like compared to coastal fisheries where i feel like they just climb on stuff oh, yeah, you know right. what i mean like they're absolutely just w barely wanting to put their mouth on it they might have been hooked three or four times already yeah. they're yeah. getting ran over by sleds all day so yeah they're they're grabbing stuff and kicking they're just testing and kicking it out and and, and like i said i don't have my guys set the hook because those fish will bite again sometimes i'll go through that same drift and as long as you don't rip on them and they feel that weird change or hear that sound in the water, that weight whipping, they'll come back and a lot of times they'll bite again and you can pick them up. Hmm. So, so maybe even like to talk, maybe even kind of like talk about that a little bit, Jason, with how, um, you know, when you're in a raft and you don't want to spook the fish, you don't want to like play, you don't want to like go over the fish. If you miss a fish going back at it, like how do you approach that in a raft in a system that like you move down into the hole You've got guys you want to make sure they're fishing good is there any like technique or is there any idea or do you just i know it's, you don't just show because i don't need to do it but i definitely i definitely go with a subtle presentation first and then i'll come in with maybe a jig you know kind of following that up and then i'll get you know more aggressive as i go through my you know progression of the hole but like to start i'll throw two beads out there or four beads however many i can run below my bobber anyways Four beads. It's, yeah. Well, no, not four beads. <laughs> yeah. I, I knew what he was saying. Two rods. <laughs> double, two rods. Double, yeah. double, double, right. double rig beads. or single. You had him thinking on that one, didn't you? Exactly. He's like, four beads? I haven't tried oh, that oh, one yeah. yet. this guy on his toes. <laughs> That'd be kind of cool. But anyways, yeah, so you run through your progression. You know, you get your beads to their first, you know, usually the most subtle presentation you could throw out of mm -hmm. the steelhead. And then throw the jigs and throw the worms and, I mean... A lot of times I'll find if I'll get a shy bite on on a bead or a jig, it will usually be like the first two casts with the worm in there. And if they don't bite that, you have to go back to whatever you got them on the first time 
and size down or size appropriate to what that fish wants. Yeah, I call it loud and proud. Sometimes you get loud and proud and they smash it. Sometimes you got to get just, like you said, small and finicky. See, Mar yeah. Marlon would argue with that because Marlon, you know, and, and we've had this huge debate. I've fished with this guy a lot too, and I've picked up fish with beads behind this guy. So there, there is, there is, there is that, but like the idea of like, you throw it like, like <laughs> <laughs> Marlon's in the room listening to this and we're, we're, we're razzing him a little bit. But when you you know, but sometimes like, it, it, you know, it, it with the rafting anyways, it seems like it's it can be anything in the hole. Like so, and a, and a fish that sees a pink worm, you know, from ten feet away might move for that worm. For that worm, but won't move for that bead. Yeah, correct. Yeah, and it has to have. But that then there's bead, those fish right? that have been ran over all the time that are like, or the ones that have like, you know, maybe been stung once the day before. Who knows what? Another thing then, that I think both you guys probably would agree on, like. Sometimes I'm in a hole, on, especially on small systems where I'm in a raft or a drift boat, mm -hmm. and say you missed one or you pulled one out of there, but you know there's a bunch of fish in there. You say there's, you know there's like five to you, ten you, fish you, in there. You go into the hole, you whack a couple real quick. Sometimes I'll just I'll just say, hey, you guys, back off, because everyone wants to keep fishing. And sometimes if you just stop for ten minutes and Let take a rest, drink and yeah. eat, a, eat a candy bar, first cast through, you're going to hook up again. I started doing that a lot last year, and it started paying off for me Oh yeah, quite a bit towards the end of the season once I started to get more fish in there. And, yeah. you know, they had been picked on a little bit, you know, later in the season, fish have been in the system for a little while, so. And yeah, I it, feel like what it does exactly is just resets just their brain. I think they got a short-term memory, and if they just keep seeing it, they're never going to go for it again. Definitely. But if you just, like, back off of them, the bobber's not hitting the water, and all of a sudden – and you always, always put the guy that like hasn't hooked up that day. I'm like, okay, you go first because he's already hooked too. <laughs> and then you know it's that bobber's getting drained because they're like they're fresh again. Yeah, there's yep. no question. Like you know, fishing with Nick on some of the busier rivers and stuff like that. Like you know, he is really good at going and just sitting in a hole and just he is the most patient person. Just like when it comes, it up. just knowing that. Okay, I know, but I mean, you fish it. If he fishes it every day, so he right. also knows where the fish are stacking. Exactly, and you know, go in there. First two bobbers through, doink, doink. You know, okay, just sit on it. And the other thing is, too, since you're sitting there, you also know what, you only know what's going on in that hole while you're there. Mm -hmm. Like, so if you're sitting there watching it and you're letting, like, that part of the run chill and you're fishing this, well, no one, you know no one's coming in and fishing that part of the run with you sitting there. Right. And kind of, like, reserving that stuff and strategically instead of just A lot of times those guys are pushing boom. fish into those spots for you, too. If you're sitting and being patient, you know that. Oh, yeah. Like, they're, they're no rolling question. through because they're not going to fish that spot you're sitting on and all right. of a sudden see a couple little v's come wow. through the tail out and you're like oh got some fresh ones moving we, in <laughs> i remember i remember one of the very 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 for very 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 first times we fished them down there we went down to the spot fished it got some fish and then we sat there for uh, i mean we sat there for three or four hours and the idea was there was a lot of people and so like he knew that if he moved like he was just going to start bumping people like or right. he's gonna have to bump down you know you don't know what's you know, how many people are down around the bend exactly. you know and it was a good spot and then i remember like three hours later like you could tell like the ball of fish moved in and we freaking wrecked those fish nice i mean and so like had a little patience had a little like you know but he also understood you know like how many people are on the river how many people are going on there's also the uh well the, pressure and everything's as much as water height and 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 flow i feel like well, like an, for moving fish i was gonna say that's kind of another thing that i take into consideration when i'm rolling into a hole if i know there's been a lot of people on the river that day i'll freaking start it off right with a big old worm yeah first thing blow them up get them going you know stir exactly them up. If, they're, <laughs> if they're gonna freaking bite they're gonna bite it and if they're not i probably don't want to bite. i want that fish anyways you know yeah. what i mean i mean there's i no want that big aggressive one right 
And there's no question that, like, you know, with with the amount, I mean, and, like, to be honest, like, there's less and less places to fish. People are, like Ryan said earlier, you know, people are being more educated. You're welcome. You know, like, there's a little <laughs> there's a little bit of that. Not that STS Magazine and, you know, Fishing Northwest hasn't been doing it. Buzz Ramsey hasn't been doing it for the last 60 years. But the reality is, is, like, instead of, we know steel are going to eat a bead. Yeah. We know they're going to eat a worm, but mm-hmm. like approaching, I guess that'd be like an, an extra 10% thing of like just having like a little bit of a strategy and having a little bit of knowledge of like, okay. Knowing what you're doing. Hey, believe it or so not, Cameron, they still plan. eat bait. Oh, I didn't say, no, they don't eat bait. Don't fish <laughs> any, don't fish any bait. Don't fish, <laughs> don't fish any bait at all. I mean, going from your fishery, you know, where it was, I mean, that's what it was. It was a bait fishery. Yeah. I mean, and now it is a bead fishery. Why is that? Is, is well, it just you see it going in little waves. Like I see, see it throughout the season because obviously I'm out there every day and I see patterns where like all of a sudden the temp changes a little bit, our water flow changes. Yeah. And next thing you know, you're mopping them on bait and I just never count it out. I feel like anytime I go steelhead fishing, Always when it's legal on a system, I'm going to have some kind of bait. Right. Regardless if it's eggs, prawns, whatever whatever kind of bait you have confidence in, there's a time and a place for that bait everywhere, mm-hmm. I feel like. Um, All the time. So <laughs> I think a lot of people that are new into steelheading, they get stuck on just bobber dogging this artificial stuff because that's what everyone is really like pushing and talking about. Well, and they see pictures. Too. They see pictures of people holding up fish, but at the end of the day... That old school stuff still still works really good, and especially if everybody's throwing the same yeah. fourteen to twenty millimeter soft bead, like you're, give them a hamburger to chew on. Yeah, <laughs> you're 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 stealing my next point. Like when you do see those people in the pressured systems, like you're because you were you meant you you motioned earlier running something different or busting them up with plugs. Yes, going at them with bait, doing something. I mean, to be honest with you, like I still fish an absolute. I fish bait probably more than anything else actually i'll just say it. i do fish bait more than anything yeah. else when and I, started, I like it when for beginners too fishing the beads six years ago that was the best gift somebody ever gave me in my operation oh yeah See, and i've i've had days where i've fished beads and bait at the same time and the bait will roll through and it it's almost acting as a chum like it chums the hole yeah and then you throw your beads through and your beads get hit yeah i don't know what what it does or what well, they got to smell it. I mean, exactly. They have to get like, lit. That's up like a flasher. The that's bait. the attractor. They're like, oh, when it gets them. <laughs> I guess there's a reason. And especially, I don't know if you guys can hear that, but Marlon goes, there's a reason why chumming is illegal. <laughs> <laughs> but guess what? You guys, at oh, fish- I can't say where we saw it, but there was a place where it was actually legal to do it. It wasn't around here. Oh, and it works. I'm that's sure. I'm going to say, <laughs> I'm sure. I, we saw it. We saw it with our own eyes, right, Marlon? It was, and it was like, you knew there was fish there. They would not do anything. And then you started, you started doing a bunch of stuff. No, you started doing oh, a bunch yeah. of stuff. And then the next oh. three baits that went through just, oh. boom, boom, just started draining bobbers. Well, but, you guys, you guys that fish a lot of small, a, but, it, but it's illegal, so don't do it. Small rivers and stuff. I don't. I've seen it so many times that you watch if, when, especially when the water is just crystal clear, you watch it, and sometimes you'll throw something through. If you see their fins just flare out. They're going to bite the next thing they see. I've seen it too many times where it like it gets them fired up. That first one that goes through. Mm -hmm. And then if I see their fins flare straight out, I know the next thing they see they're smashing because they're in the strike mode now. They're a little more. But they were just relaxed at that at the first, you know, bait or whatever beat or whatever they saw. So see something woke them up. 
sometimes, you know, like we're talking about details and stuff, and that's the yeah. stuff that people don't really pay attention to. Oh, I can see five steelhead in that hole, but are you seeing their body language? Right. What are they doing? Yeah. Are they seeing your bobber and, and moving out of way because you're not using, you know, I've seen where cork bobbers are everything in that gin clear water where if you have any kind of color on that float, they're, they're not going to bite. It spooks yeah. them, especially, you know, summer run fishing. Mm-hmm. Or how pressured they are. Yeah. Yeah, very pressured fish. I've never used a cork bobber, to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> yep. What? You need it. You need you 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 need it. I shut up. I didn't say that. Uh, That's all there was back was, in the day. The little ones you say, put the bag in. Like, we got we to, gotta like, yeah, I'll have to do like an OG episode or something like that. There we go. We'll, 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 Dude, we, yeah. in, the big, in the big boat. Need to do that in the big boat. Go bounce one day. Oh yeah, that too. That too. We're getting off track. Ten yep. percent too. What? What about rigging, guys? So like, you know, one thing that I think is important, and it's and it's become you know mainstay for sure, is putting that little corky on top of the float. I always want to talk about it because a lot of people see that, and and a lot of people don't. If you don't respond to it, it's fine. But like, let's where I started really doing that a lot is when we started fishing these like really long leader stuff, these really long bait leaders, these yep. really long bead leaders. And you go to a hole and the water's really low and it's really clear and it's a day that guys have had booked. You told them, like, look, it's going to be tough. Like, there's only going to be a few spots there's going to be fish. We just don't want to screw it up. And they send that first freaking cast through the hole. Sometimes you can even see the fish. And they drift it through and the fish don't react or they move away from it or something. And then the guy reels in and the stupid bead is like, the leader is like tangled around like Yeah, wrapped around the yeah. swivel or, yeah, or exactly. the top yeah, of the bobber. Like, oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, like, when you make that cast with that little corky on top of that bobber, and, you know, you know when it just gets strung out and perched right up on top. You're dialed. Like, you know you're dialed, and you know that 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 that, that presentation is going to fish through the hole the way it's supposed to mm-hmm. versus, you know, boofing a cast and then, and then, you know, putting those fish on alert, yeah. essentially. Yeah. Right. Um, so I've seen, I've seen that pay pay really big dividends. Um, especially like in the you know the lower rafting or you know drift boating clear. I did. And I've seen it pay I off. Moved to the corky on the bobber. You moved I, to the corky on the bobber. I, I did. Come to the light. Come I to feel the like dark. it's really yeah, important. We'll, we'll talk about that in a second too because yeah. we got one more you and I will talk about because I saw you posted something about something about maybe an incognito bead on one of your steelhead that you caught. Oh yes. Yeah. Come to the dark side, my friend. Yes. Let's talk about that a little they bit because they are the real deal. They're I'll the real t- deal. I'll tell you that. Like, I fished on that specific fish. I fished five different, four different beads and two different jigs. And then I was like, hmm, I just tied up a bunch of these. Why not just try one of these first cast with that thing in there? It was the same, kind of the same shades, colors that I was using. So I was like, let's see if this kind of, you know, does pop. Has more of that natural look. Dude, and it, I don't know what it is about it, but it, so you didn't tell me this story. I just thought you might have just tried them for a day and just realized how easy they were to fish. Well, and when it comes too. to and when it comes to efficiency and it comes to like I said making a cast, having like the guy go out, touches the bottom, he pops the hook hard, it the, sinks the soft beat on the hook or it fouls the gear. Yep, that's too. never yep. fishing. They're very very easy. It's kind of I'm gonna kind of pick on you because you make fun of me for tying my bumpers on my from my uh, main line to my inline and you're like oh you like this high extra knots and i'm thinking to myself tying these glass beads i'm like cameron likes to tie a lot of freaking knots then 
Yeah. But no, other than that, they're they're bar none. I mean, they're the real deal, like I said. They're something cool. And I like the fact that they absorb they can absorb scent. Like yeah, that fact. Sorry, but they're it's pretty cool. So just that fish, I mean, so like I said, you work that fish over with other beads. I mean, Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter like Hard or soft? You, you think it was scent then? Like, did you have scent? Or- no, I no, I literally just think it was the way that that bead looked. It was it was like more pale or more translucent or something. Well, or that, just- that was the thing too. It was the same kind of shade color, but I think having that clear coating over the top of it gives it that different look. And it, I mean, it has a that's ton the ten percent sometimes. Ton, yeah. of UV, okay. ton of UV in it, so I. I don't See, know, you know if, what's weird. Like, I, I mean, I, I, I think that that does help in times because, like, especially when I size them down, and that was and go the tendril, other thing But for too. me, it's just about efficiency because I know when a customer casts it out, I know it's not going to be fouled, right, or not going to be screwed up ever, mm-hmm. like ever. So I don't even like, you know, well, you know, and I know when when we're fishing, especially you too, dogging like a lot. Every time that customer reels in, is like you're looking at their gear form, yeah, because you want to oh, make yeah. sure that when they throw it back out, it's, it's not fishing right. it's fishing right. Mm-hmm. There's something to be said a little bit, but that's that's really interesting because that was a really nice fish you got. <laughs> that was, One thing was I want to add wild. to the ten percent. A lot of times, this guy is always that was a hatchery fish. That was a hatchery fish. I didn't even look that close because you had it down in the water. I'm like, oh, it must have been a bit. I just, oh wow, damn, yeah. I want to say less is more. It's a saying I've used my whole life on fishing. Sometimes everyone wants to throw two beads, but if you're not, if right. you can't cast it and get it through, you're you're killing the whole. You're ruining it because of bad presentation. So sometimes just run one bead through if that's all you can get through there. Right. Say if you're trying to get under a brush spot in certain situations. Oh. I see it all the time on the big rivers where, oh, I need to have two beads to catch fish. No, you don't. One fishing good is better than two not fishing. And how many times? Yeah. Well, yeah, how, one bead. How many times and, you know, do you hook? I say Josiah just wrote an article about that, like an STS about fishing one bead. Yeah. yeah. And like you're right. I mean, you you spook the fish, you foul the hole, you foul your gear. That that could have been that one time you could have gotten a bite that day, and you didn't because your gear was fouled. Yeah. So don't always think you need to have more and bigger. Like I said, less is more a lot of times in in situations. And uh, often I tell people like we're not whipping those double bead setups. It's more of a lob, especially on the big systems where we're throwing a long ways and your gear's way out there. Right. You can't whip it. So. I tell people to lay that gear on the water nice and smooth, and it seems to get where they're not tangling it. Oh, all good stuff. All good stuff to think about, guys. But guess what? We've got a roll here, but I want to give you guys a couple quick reminders because we can talk about this stuff all day. And, in fact, we're going to go talk about it on the live feed here that if you guys are interested, go to the YouTube channel and search the live feed because we're going to have – I think we're going to get Nick in there too. I don't know. We're going to have a whole bunch of people in there talking about the extra little things that you guys can do to, to, to honestly maximize getting fish catch more fish out there. So uh, don't forget, guys, we'll be at the Puyallup Sportsman Show. We are going to be having live bashes there. As you guys know, the bashes are a bunch of parties where we give out a lot of prizes. We're going to have all really cool giveaways. We're going to have really cool speakers. We're gonna. I know since the timing, uh, being early February for both the Puyallup and the Sportsman Show, uh, I know we'll be talking some springers in there, but we'll be, you bet your ass, we're going to be talking some steelhead as well. So that's coming up real quick, and we appreciate you guys um, also coming out in droves, uh, uh, supporting us and buying through the shop on the Christmas. We had a great holiday season. Um, super awesome to see you guys out there. And so we do appreciate the support. Hopefully you guys all got into that golden ticket giveaway. Um, if you're hearing this before the new year, you got one last chance to do it. 
but if not, we'll have to get you on the next one. But we do appreciate all you guys' support, and we'll be seeing you guys at the Sportsman Shows. Give Ryan McCon here at Riverside Guide Service a call for some steelhead trips, and of course, Jason Harmson for Steel Obsession Guide Service. <laughs> Ryan's going to be doing the sled stuff. Jason's going to be doing the raft stuff. And, uh, yeah, hit them up and uh, go see what the extra 10% really can mean on a day of catching fish. So yeah, thanks for coming, I can't wait. Guys. I'm excited for all the stuff coming up this year. I think it's going to be, after last oh, year, it's yes. going to be good. Uh, <laughs> last year was pretty good. This year, I think it's, yeah, it's got the makings. Well, I don't want to get one. too excited and then have closures and stuff, so I'm trying well, to okay. keep, podcast keep calm. Podcast over, podcast <laughs> over, podcast <laughs> over. We'll see you guys. <laughs>